My brothers and sisters, I am Reverend Tony Lee, the pastor of the Community of Hope AME Church, and it's my divine honor and privilege to be here sharing with you at the Second District Lay Convention. And man, I sure enough miss being, uh, all of us being together at the same time, but uh, what a wonderful job you all are doing um, in shaping this conference, virtual convention virtually, uh, so that we can be able to be safe and be all that God has called us to be. Now, before I begin, I really want to thank God uh, for leadership and great leadership that we have in the Second Episcopal District. I want to thank God for our Episcopal team. Uh, my God, what a team. Uh, first for Bishop James LaVert Davis, uh, our, our presiding prelate of the Second Episcopal District. Uh, we do thank God for Bishop Davis uh, because he literally is one of the hardest working people um, in the kingdom. Um, that he works so hard, but I want to thank God that he doesn't just do busy work, uh, but he works to make sure uh, that the Second Episcopal District is all that God has called it to be. And so, uh, Bishop Davis, we thank you for your leadership. We thank you for your pastoral wisdom during this pandemic and how you literally have propped up preachers, lay churches to be able to get the information and the inspiration uh, to be able to make it through this season healthy and wealthy and wise. And so thank you so much, Bishop, and to our Episcopal Supervisor, uh, 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 Mother Arellis Davis, uh, we thank God you are the one that puts the team in teamwork. I mean, you, you, you just your nature and the way you're just so gracious and so kind. We thank you for your spirit. and We thank you for how God has used you to be such a blessing to the Second Episcopal District. Also, we do want to lift up and acknowledge the lay commissioner, uh, Bishop E. Earl McLeod Jr. Uh, we thank God for Bishop uh, uh, McLeod Jr. and for all the work that he is doing. We also want to lift up President McKeady, the Connectional Lay Organizational President. And then to my dear brother and friend, uh, Brother Matthew Douglas, uh, the Second District Lay President. I thank God, my brother, uh, for your leadership, but also for your friendship down through the years. And just excited to see how the Lord continues to use and bless you in kingdom work. And also, we do want to thank God for the Washington Conference Lay President, Brother Glenn White. Now, my brothers and my sisters, I believe that we do have a word from the Lord today. And if you'll allow me, I want to go to Genesis, the 32nd chapter, the 24th verse, Genesis 32, 24. And it reads as thus, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When a man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. My brothers and my sisters, I ask that you would join me as we go to God in a word of prayer. As we share on the sermon subject today, as you all are dealing with your theme about new beginnings, it's a new season, it's a new day. Won't you join me as I pray? God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for this lay, the second district lay convention. And I thank you, God, for your power. Now, God, use me, God, to your honor, to your glory. God, in Jesus' name, speak a word to me and through me. And I believe, God, we all shall leave this moment better. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, brothers and my sisters, uh, uh, in this moment, 
Uh, by backdrop right now, I have to give a personal shout out. Uh, but it was a picture that was taken by my brother, Reverend Bill Lee. And Reverend Bill Lee is not just um, a great preacher and the assistant pastor of the Community of Hope AME Church, but he is also a very accomplished photographer. As a matter of fact, uh, during the inauguration gospel concert that happened uh, this week on Wednesday night, I want to thank God they used some of his photos in that concert as some of his images uh, to be a blessing during that season. He's a very amazing photographer. I thank God that on yesterday, on the 22nd of February, at the Anacostia Arts Center, uh, he had started a virtual uh, exhibit. The Anacostia Arts Center uh, asked for his photos to be able to come there, and he brought together an exhibit of the photos that he took during 2020, a year uh, to remember and to forget. He's an amazing photographer, and this picture uh, that you see behind me is from the Capitol Rotunda. He was given uh, some private access, and it was taken at the end of July uh, as a Congressman John Lewis lie in state. You all know Congressman John Lewis, that great civil rights hero, that great American patriot who has served uh, our people and the people of this nation so well. And when he went home to be with the Lord, he was given one of the highest honors that you can get in this nation and his body lie in state in the Capitol Rotunda. Now, you've got to remember that this has been some kind of a year. I mean, here you have John Lewis lying in state towards the end of July as the nation is dealing with the three-way intersection of pandemic, protest, and politics. It's a very interesting thing that you've got pandemic, you've got protests, you've got politics, all of which have shown the vulnerabilities and highlighted the vulnerabilities and the challenges of our brothers and our sisters. Uh, that if you look at it, uh, whether you're dealing with pandemic, you're dealing with, and we were able to see the health disparities, and we were able to see uh, that African-American brothers and sisters uh, were being impacted and affected and dying at higher rates than anybody because of the higher health disparities that we have to deal with. Uh, but not just that we have to deal with pandemic, but then we saw the deaths of Brother George Floyd and several others during this season, and you saw that we could not just be able to sit back and deal with pandemic, but we had to get out on the streets and protest uh, because uh, we, we were dealing with the vulnerability of what it deals with to have justice disparities and policing disparities. Uh, when you, you have the police that are not always necessarily uh, the ones who are taking care of us, but who end up victimizing us, and we had to get out. And so you saw this intersection between pandemic and this intersection between protests, but then you saw the intersection with politics. Because the truth be told, whether it's pandemics, whether it's protests, all of those disparities have policy foundations. And when we had number 45 in office, what we realized is that politics ended up coming to the forefront as institutionally uh, there was a backlash, I believe, to the uh, uh, things that had happened during the Obama administration, uh, to the strides that we had made, that you had this uh, intersection between pandemic, protest, and politics. And so here you have, in the end of July, uh, that here you have uh, John Lewis, who is lying in state in the Capitol Rotunda. But my goodness, because of the kind of year this has been, uh, that a couple of weeks ago, in that same rotunda, you had insurrectionists who were prodded by the President of the United States to sit, and they led insurrection, and they broke down the barriers, and they broke down the doors and the windows of the Capitol. And here you have right now, in that same rotunda, white supremacists who are sitting there and occupying our own Capitol, 
walking around with zip ties looking for folks and talking about and calling for the vice president, calling for our Congress people. They had, set, they, they had built a gallows outside of the Congress and they were sitting there uh, and looking for folks to be able to do whatever they could do with them. Uh, that was what had happened in this year. But my brothers and my sisters, I'm so glad to say that in the midst of all the challenges of 2020 and even the early challenges of 2021, uh, that we are in a new season and a new day. I want to thank God that uh, not just is this a new year, but we have just shaped in and brought in a new administration. Uh, we thank God for what it means to have uh, a President Biden and Vice President Harris in office. We thank God for what it means uh, to have that sister sitting there, um, a sister who has gone to our schools, a sister who has been raised in our communities, a sister, um, uh, this first uh, uh, woman, first uh, African-American, first South Asian woman to be in that position. And what you witness, I believe, even as you saw our own AME brother, Pastor Beeman, give the benediction at the, at the inauguration, that what it felt like was it's a new season and it is a new day. And as I thought about it being a new season, a new day, it took me and caused me to reflect upon a brother by the name of Jacob. And you all know Jacob. You all know him because he stole his brother's birthright. You all know from Jacob and Esau uh, that not just that he steal his brother's birthright, but then he went off and he ended up working for a gentleman by, La by the name of Laban, worked for Laban for years, uh, one to be able to get uh, his daughter's hand in marriage. And then uh, Laban tricked him. Laban was deceitful, and he ended up working for two daughters. And so he ended up married to Leah and to Rachel. Uh, the, as he worked uh, for Laban, he ended up uh, uh, being able uh, uh, to make himself well and, and to become prosperous and take care of his family. Uh, but then God told him, I need you to leave here and I need you to go somewhere. And, and what we realize is that here you find Jacob in the midst of a new beginning. It's a new season. Uh, it's a new day. One of the first things I believe that you can learn from Jacob, and I believe that we can learn as the lay, as pastors, as all of us together, is one of the first things is there's power in the old landmark. Uh, I remember uh, in the old time growing up and hearing the old saints used to say, I want to go back to the old landmark. And the old landmark was just kind of the old place that you could go, that you would understand where things were. And what I've realized, my brothers and my sisters, is that for as much as we want to move forward, as much as we want to be on the cutting edge, that you've got to be able to go back to the old landmark. And one of the things I want to caution us as lay and as clergy is let us not get so caught up in being able to move forward that we don't realize that sometimes you go backwards to move forward. Uh, that you've got to understand as an AME church that one of our great superpowers is the perspective that our legacy gives us. It's the perspective that our history gives us. That when we are going through rough seasons, when we're going through hard times, and right now we're in a rough season, a hard time, but it's our perspective that can help us to lead people to be all that God has called them to be. I, I know it may be your first time dealing with a pandemic, but it's not the AME church's first time dealing with a pandemic. That we know what it's like to go through the Spanish flu. We know what it's like to go through the polio epidemic. We know what it's like to have gone through all kinds of pandemics. But yet we were always able to see God make a way that we sometimes need to go back to the old landmark 
in order to move forward. And not just that, but it's not the first time. It may be your first time having to deal with mob white rule, but it's not the AME church's first time dealing with mob white rule. We've been dealing with white white mob rule for centuries in the AME church. Uh, that We know what it's like uh, in post-reconstruction. We know what, what it's like in the early 1900s and lectures. We know what it's like during that We know what it's like to have to deal with horrible leaderships and have the federal leadership back up off of you. We know what that's like. We know what it's like to deal with white mob rule. Uh, and, and so we have a perspective that can give leadership in the midst of this time. The, the, my brothers and my sisters, uh, the, the, it may be your first time having to deal with a major technological shift, but it's not the AME church's first time having to deal with a technological shift. So we know what it's like to move from the agricultural age to the industrial age, to the technological age, to the information age. The, the we know what it's like uh, to, 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 to just be able to talk to folks and then all of a sudden we know what it's like when your radio was furniture and the whole family would sit around the radio to be able to listen to stuff and we know what it's like when the radio moved to the phonograph and, and we know what it's like when they had them big 78 uh, uh, records and then the 45s and the 33 and the thirds that we know what that's like we know what it's like to go from the, the record player uh, to, to then go to eight track tapes and, and for eight track tapes to, to go to cassette tapes and cassette set tapes to CDs and CDs to MP3s and MP3s to streaming, that we know what it's like to have to deal with technology, technological shifts. And so sometimes you've got to go back to the old landmark. Let me help you here. When you look at Jacob, what you'll realize is that God told Jacob, I know you're doing well right here, but I need you to go back to your country and your relations. I need you to go back home. Now, Jacob was doing well where he was, but God said, in order for me to do what I want to do in you and through you, I need you to go back to home. I need you to go back to be around your folks. I need you to go back to be around your country and your relations. My brothers and my sisters, I need us to remember who we are and whose we are. And sometimes you've got to go backwards to move forward. But the thing I want to challenge you, lay organization, is don't go backwards to stay backwards. Don't go to history to stay there. But you've got to understand that you go back was to get perspective to help you to move forward. And one of the challenges is some of us deify our history. Some of us deify the legacy. Some of us deify the tradition. In other words, we make the tradition God and not God God. But the reason that you go back to look at the old landmark is because it shows you how far God has brought you. And you can firmly say, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I don't know where in the world I would be. One of the first things you've got to understand is power and the old landmark. The second thing you've got to understand is some stuff is worth wrestling for. That's right. I said it. Some stuff is worth wrestling for. That when you, you, you look at, at, at Jacob, Jacob was going to go uh, back to his old home. He's going to go back to his own people, to his own land. Uh, but to go back, he's going to have to deal with the fact that he had done wrong by his brother. He had done wrong by his brother Esau. He had stole his brother's birthright. And as he's preparing to go home, he's worried about the fact of whether his brother is going to try to kill him for what he did. He knows he deserves it. He knows he was no good when he dealt with his brother and he's about to go back uh, but the Bible says that he wrestled with a man, wrestled with an angel all night long. And, and, and I want to stop right there because uh, one of the challenges in this current situation and season is that many of us want a microwave answer to our situation. That we want a quick jiffy pop solution to our challenges. But I've come by to let you know there's some stuff you've got to wrestle with 
all night long. And there's some stuff that you're not going to get a quick solution. But in this season, in this season of pandemic and protests and politics, I'm calling on the lay to wrestle with some of the hard things we've got to deal with. We've got some challenges in the church. We've got to figure out how we move forward in this season. That right now, we won't be back into public worship for a while. We've got to figure out how we as clergy and lay all move together to keep our people uh, engaged and keep our people motivated and keep our people discipled and keep them moving forward. But you're not going to get to those answers with no kind of jiffy popcorn kind of a thing. But you got to wrestle with some stuff. And the thing I like about David is the Bible said that David wrestled with the man all night long. But when the morning came up, the angel got tired of wrestling with David and said, let me go. And David, I mean, and Jacob, I'm sorry, and Jacob told the angel, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And that's what I believe that we need lay and, and clergy to all come together and wrestle with the issues and wrestle with the challenges and wrestle uh, with, with where we need to go and how we need to do it. And, and we can't expect it to be a quick kind of a thing. But I promise you that We've got to wrestle. We've got to say, God, we're going to wrestle in this thing with you until you bless us. God, until you show us the way, we're not going to get up. In other words, I need us to go back to being an old kind of church in which you tarry for what you need. That you, that you don't, you realize the blessing may not come uh, real quickly, but, but you're going to tarry with the Lord until God blesses you. And I believe that if we wrestle with God, I believe that God will bless us. I believe that God will bless us in ways that we can cannot imagine, but we have got to wrestle. But the third thing I believe, and I'm up out of here, is you've got to understand that when you wrestle with God, that by the time God gets finished with you, that God will change your name and change your posture. That what you watch is that by the end of that morning uh, that the angel had let go and, and Jacob let go. Uh, but it wasn't until the angel had given Jacob a new name. Uh, he said, all right, well, your name is no longer Jacob. Your name is now going to be Israel. And you've got to realize that Jacob ended up becoming the father of the 12 tribes of Israel because what God wanted to do with him. But the thing I want you to pay attention to, because most folks get caught up in the name change, but I want you to get caught up in the posture change because I would argue with you that Jacob could not have gone back to Esau and be able to reconcile the way he needed to just with a new name because the fact of the matter is Jacob was already high and mighty and that was the issue he had when he first dealt with Esau uh, but the fact of the matter is that God before God changed Jacob's name the Bible says the angel uh, hit him in the hip socket and, and, and made him have a limp and he changed his posture. And somebody today, I've come by to let you know uh, that if God's going to change your name, sometimes God's got to change your posture. In other words, that Jacob could not go back to Esau walking in the same strength that he left, but he walked with a limp. He walked with some vulnerability that he went back to Esau. He went back to his people. Uh, and it looked like he was a little weaker. It looked like he wasn't as strong. He looked like he was a bit vulnerable. But the reality is that his vulnerability allowed 
allowed him to have the reconciliation. I believe that even while Jacob was wrestling with the angel, Jacob, uh, that, 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 that God was dealing with Esau. And I believe that as God dealt with Esau to have Esau ready for reconciliation, I believe a challenge could have been if Jacob had not wrestled and had gone back in his own power and his own might, that it could have messed up what God was working out. And I've come by to tell the lay organization of the Second Episcopal District that God's working some stuff for us right now, that God is pulling some things together for us right now, that we don't even see him right now, but God is organizing and, and pulling people's hearts and having people's hearts to be ready for the message that the church has for them in this season. But we've got to change our posture and we've got to be vulnerable, uh, that we can now, is not the time for the church to be high and mighty now, is not the time for the church to be the place of the rules and telling people all of what they're not. And now is not the time for the church to, to, to be so caught up in, in, a, in a bourgeois, a middle class attitude in which we are so much better than people because we've got education. But now is the time for the people of God to walk in humility and vulnerability, to be able to say that I am a sinner saved by grace. And if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, now is the time for us to be able to go to the people and to be able to say that I once was lost, but now I'm found to the glory of God. And so my brothers and my sisters of the lay organization of the Second Episcopal District, I'm asking you to walk with some vulnerability. Clergy, I'm asking you to walk with some vulnerability. And as we come together in vulnerability, we can go before the people of this region, of this nation, of this world, and let them know that we are hurting people. We are broken people. We are people who are grappling with the challenges of this season just like they are. But God has picked us up and God has given us strength and God has changed our name and God has given us purpose and God has given us everything we need in this season to be all that God has called us to be. I believe that the AME church is positioned perfectly in this season if we would walk with a limp and let God do the work, then God can use us to shape revival in this season. I believe that people are ready for revival. I believe that people are hurting. I believe that people are seeking answers. I believe that people need to know what God can do. And who better to spread that gospel than the lay and the clergy connecting in vulnerability to God's honor, to God's glory. Lay organization, Second Episcopal District, my God, we need you. If there's ever a time we needed your strength, if there's ever a time we needed your organization, no abilities, if there's ever a time we needed your mobilizing power, if there's ever a time we needed your strategic prowess, it's right now. But it cannot be for church as usual. It cannot be for us to stay where we are. The truth be told, Jacob was prosperous when he was with Laban, but God had so much for him to become. We cannot get so caught up and where we are, God's been good to the AMB Church. God's been good to the Second Episcopal District. But we cannot get so caught up in where we are that we miss this moment of God sending us into the uttermost parts of the world and making a difference. The Second Episcopal District should not be the same after this moment. But in this moment, this should be a moment where we grow the church God's honor and to God's glory. 
and it can only happen with you. It can only happen with the light. It can only happen with your gifts and your talents in this season. My God, my God, we need you in this moment so that we can understand that this is a new season, this is a new day, and God is moving in a powerful way. Look, I want you, I want to offer a couple of things to you right now. One, if you've never accepted Christ and you're watching this, we want to give you that opportunity. Uh, we want to give you that opportunity in, in whatever chat area in. Uh, you can please just get connected right there and just say, I want to give my heart to Christ. The Bible says that God loved the world so much. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Doesn't say for God so loved the church. Doesn't say for God so loved clergy. Doesn't say for God so loved the lay. It says for God so loved the world. All of its mess and all of its challenge. If you've never accepted Christ today, we want you to give your heart to Christ. At my church, at Community of Hope, is something we say every Sunday. Community of Hope, where the Community of Hope, where everyone has a chance. We don't care who you are, what you've done, or who you did it with. Don't care if you did it last night or woke up doing it this morning. But you're in the right place at the right time wherever you are right now, to become all that God has called you to be. And we believe that God's got a blessing if your name slam on it. Look, you may already be saved, but you need a church home. Today, it's a gazillion churches in the 2nd Episcopal District. We would want you to get connected, and we can get you connected. Just click right there in that chat area. I need a church. I want a church. And we'll make sure that somebody follows up with you. But the third thing is, you may have to be saved. You may have a church home, but you need prayer. And you need to rededicate your faith to be all that God has called you to be in this season. You need God to strengthen. You need God to, to give you your joy back. You need God uh, to help to balance you out. You need God uh, to help to, to give you peace of mind. You need God in this moment. And I just want to pray for you. If that's you for any of those things, you want to get saved, you need a church, or you just want to rededicate your faith, just type it right there in the chat. Hey, I want to give my life to Christ. Hey, I want to join somebody's church. We'll find a church for you. Hey, I want to rededicate my faith. And I want to pray with you right now. Won't you let me pray for you? God, in Jesus' name, I thank you. Thank you, God, for these, your people. These, God, who have come on this day to give their hearts and their lives to you. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing and how you're moving. Now, bless them. Strengthen them. For those who want to give their life to you, God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for their name being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. For those needing a church home, thank you, God. Now let us get them connected. For those who are rededicating their faith-seeking prayer, we pray, God, for them, for this lay organization. And we thank you, God, that we do believe it's a new season, it's a new day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.